0: How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.
1: Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies.
2: Right now on OA, consumer concerns from retail to restaurants to housing, what the charts are saying about the state of the consumer and what it all means for the markets. Plus, text partying like it's 1999 or maybe 2000. But do investors need to worry that this wave of buying is going to lead to another massive hangover? We'll go inside the numbers. And later, while the oil slide of the energy trade has hit the skids, could natural gas be the way to heat up your portfolio? Stick around to find out. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Options Action. We're live at the Nasdaq Market site. On the desk tonight, My co, Carter Worth, and Brian Stutland. And we begin tonight with a tale of two reads on the consumer, from the highs of the restaurant and housing sectors to the new lows in the retail trade. The chart master says both of these extreme highs and lows are an extreme investing cause for concern. So, Carter, what do you mean here?
3: (laughs) Right. So, if you think about the circumstance of what vulnerability is, there's two types that can manifest themselves in the market or in life. It's vulnerable weak, right? Someone that's ill or a a political campaign that's on the ropes or a hedge fund that has too many shorts. People go after, they exploit vulnerability. And vulnerable extended is the opposite. You're you're the champion and everyone's coming for you. You're the, uh, the most popular kid in the class and people turn on you. The sports season that can't end. And so... We have a circumstance where certain areas within consumer are vulnerable, extended. Restaurants are making all time highs, home builders being all time highs, and yet you have retailers basically at all time lows. So here you see a comparative chart, and the three lines tell the tale. Home builders up and to the right, XRT, right? almost making 52-week lows, and the consumer discretionary sector in the middle, XLY. Let's remove the sector and look at just those two on their own. And you see this sort of bifurcation. And one could say, well, why, why do they have to uh, stay that way or converge? What happens typically is the ones that are expensive succumb to selling pressure, mm. and the ones that are weak get even worse. Look at Foot Locker wasn't doing very well, and it yet comes out in. We had big reports from Ross, Walmart, yes. and none of it was good. This is not a, not a good setup. Uh, we don't like consumer in general because either it's too expensive or it's cheap.
2: Yeah, and the commentary from Foot Locker, which saw a 27% decline today, Brian, was not good. I mean, if you think about them giving guidance in March and them saying, you know, oh, things changed between then and now for them to dramatically reduce guidance, I mean, that really speaks to not just a Foot Locker problem potentially, but probably a broader trend problem.
4: It, it certainly does, Melissa. I didn't see anything good, not just from Foot Locker, but Home Depot, even Target, mm-hmm. all, all these guys that had earnings this week. To me, you know, some were okay, some were not great, Footlocker being terrible. I think it's all trending in that same direction of the consumer discretionary spending is just capped out. They're, they, you know, went on a spending spree after COVID. Now we're sort of back in a lull, and, and the consumer really needs prices to come down. It just seems like there's tons of things on sale right now. This is why we laid out a trade last week to buy a put spread on the XRT which is the retail ETF and one that I think I would continue to play to the downside here I think the XRT keeps heading lower I'm going to continue to hold this put spread here play it and I think that $55 target you know I think we need not just things to go on sale in the retail space but also for the stocks themselves to go on a bit of a on sale pace here to the downside and so there's probably
5: a little bit more to go.
2: Yeah would you also press that mic in terms of uh, you know being directionally short. The consumer.
5: You know, it, it's tough. I mean, uh, obviously, Carter can speak to this uh, a whole lot better than I can. It you know, it feels to me right now like we're sort of at a critical juncture, very close in some ways to breaking out. And of course, there's so much worry out there. I mean, I think the the short trade is the crowded side, and the market tends to punish uh, the crowd, especially on the short side. In my experience, that said, you know, what we are seeing in these consumer names and their weakness has a lot behind it. Uh, you know, First of all, we had a lot of transfer payments that encouraged consumer spending. Uh, that has obviously ended. We have higher rates. We have higher debt levels for consumers. And we see declining consumer confidence. It's very difficult, in my view, to see the consumer really come to the rescue here in the face of all of those things collectively. Now, the employment picture remains very strong, but you know these are going to be lagging indicators. And I have a feeling that if people start to sense weakness in basically the jobs market, that that is going to encourage them to be more cautious when opening up their wallets. And so to me, I think we're at a really dangerous spot. I think that people who think that the retail trade, that some of these names are really cheap, it's, it's a risky place to play, in my view. And, and I am quite skeptical that uh, the market can continue this strength through the summer.
2: Yeah. I want to zero in on one subsector of discretionary builders. Mike, what's your take on ITB? How are you trading this?
5: Yeah. So, you know, this is also a very interesting point, too, because, of course, over the course of the last 10 years, we have seen uh, home starts have not kept pace. With uh home creation, essentially. So we're probably lagging by about two and a half million units, or you know, over the last decade or so. That's if you combine both single family as well as multifamily. But part of the problem here is that we have much higher mortgage rates, so that hurts affordability. Median home prices have also gone up much more than median incomes have, and so that also pressures. Uh, affordability. And I think that ultimately is not whether there's demand for ho- homes, there is clearly, but whether or not they're affordable. They need to be affordable to actually see that. I think that that is ultimately going to be what sort of caps the big housing trade in here. Now, of course, as I just pointed out, we are at sort of this critical juncture. So leaning on the short side is not the way I'd play it. But one of the things that's interesting is we have seen a decline in options premium. Especially as we've come out of the earnings season, so I think the way to play this is using a put spread on ITB. Now, of course, we often talk about XHB when we're talking about uh, home builders, but of course, XHB includes a lot of sort of affiliated or closely associated businesses, including things like Lowe's and Home Depot. This is kind of a purer play. I was looking out to July, the seventy-five sixty-eight put spread. You know, you could spend about a dollar sixty-five for that. I think that is a way to sort of lean uh, into the short side here while not risking too much. Because, uh, again, this I'm going to leave this to the technicians to describe because it feels like we're at a critical juncture. But uh, I I would be inclined to get short home builders here.
2: Would you concur, Carter?
3: Critical juncture. We are. So when you we're back to a former high, but the, the, if you think about how charts work and they're not infallible, but. You, if you're coiling at a high, tension builds and then you exceed it. But if you stretch and just get to the high, typically you back and fill or back away. So if we look at the ITB chart, I mean, we have gone straight up, literally, and like rang a bell right at that hop. You have a double top here. Look at a longer term chart. And what you've got is something that is likely at a minimum to stop going up, which is to say back and fill or back away. Can it ultimately break out? Sure. But that's tomorrow's lunch. Right now, a better sale than a buy.
2: You know, Brian, Mike um, underscored an important difference between XHB and ITB. And I'm wondering from your vantage point, which would you rather um, put a put spread on? Would you rather do XHB or an ITB?
4: I mean, I think you're OK maybe being in both areas with long a put spread because you look at the ITB, it has a little bit more of an industrial play. You look at some of the names that sort of fall in the industrial sector of that homebuilder so-called ETF some of those names are up you know there's a couple names up like almost 100 percent on the year and so itb i think it's a little bit more susceptible to the downside that's the first place i'd start so i like what mike's doing with the foot spread here and and then you know you turn and you look at the consumer discretionary area of the market and and this is a subsector this is one that really outperformed the rest of the retailers and there's something going on where one is going to have to give to the other and meet back in the middle. So buying a put spread here, like you said, Melissa, I could go either way with either ETF. I like ITB and I like Mike's trade a lot too. All
2: right. For everything Options Action, check out our website and our newsletter. There's more Options Action right after this.
1: The tech sector, just this week, recouping its losses from the dot-com bubble 20 years later. Where does it go from here? We pick two names and plays to capture the next big leg up or down. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when
0: Options Action returns. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.
1: Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies.
2: Welcome back to Options Action. For the first time in 20 years, just this week, the tech sector crossed the line to recouping its original losses from the great dot-com bubble burst. So the big question now, where do we go from here? Got to ask Carter, right, Carter? <laughs> well, that's
3: right. It's quite quite something. It, it, it's a testament to the unfortunate Uh, event where you pay too much for something. Um, It takes a long time to get to whole. Now, um, we have a lot of uh, stocks that are driving the market. Just to talk about concentration, uh, if you look back over the last 35, 40 years, the top 10 stocks are typically 20% concentration. So it's it's not a rare thing. But we're at 30 now, and we have some names that are, of course, off the reservation, NVIDIA being one of them. Let's look at a couple charts and uh, see what we can uh, figure out together. And so If you were to look at here's a comparative chart, NVIDIA versus AMD, they're quite correlated. And then, of course, you see one taking off, uh, going its own way. It is now on a two year basis, tripled the performance of AMD. And I think you uh, you play for convergence here. Let's look at them absolute on their own. First, NVIDIA, steep, uncorrected, almost back to a former high. Uh, Take profits if you're long. Sell calls or with new money, uh, small shorts. Uh, AMD, by contradistinction, something that is lag that is making the turn take a look and you have all the elements of a bearish to bullish reversal in the amd chart and so uh sometimes sequencing calls for mean reversion i think you'll see that in these two highly related names
2: so what do we do here brian um how do you play tech from here pairs trade here in nvidia but also meta brian first up is nvidia
4: Yeah, I think when you look at NVIDIA here, this is one stock where if we were constructing a portfolio, we've talked with our analysts about this, give me the best 25 stocks out of the NASDAQ, NVIDIA sits at number three for us, and its weighting is just behind Microsoft and Apple. Well, about half the weighting of those two, but still number three. And so I still want to own NVIDIA. I I still think there's room to the upside to go here, especially if this is just, you know, the tech bull run is going to just keep going. NVIDIA, you probably still want to be in. But I kind of like it. I was just in Indianapolis watching some trial runs of the IndyCar. We're having the Indy 500 coming up here. And, And when you look at cars, right, the IndyCar is going to be heading 240 miles per hour at the end of a straightaway. The average speed is a lot lower because why? They hit the turn. They need to slow down. And if I'm getting to turn three, the crowd's back there partying, and NVIDIA is sort of on lap 125. Is the driver going to be able to hang on and make that turn? We have earnings, that's the turn coming up. Earnings next week for Nvidia, I've got to know that I can sort of navigate that turn, slow down, and still continue to move higher. So I'm gonna use a put spread here to sort of navigate that turn and protect a long position in Nvidia. I'm gonna stay very short dated. There's options expiring next week that I can buy a put spread looking at the two ninety-five, two seventy-five put spread. So it's quite a bit out of the money. But if the stock sells off four or five percent, I think it probably continues to hang in there and then move higher. Anywhere below that, this is where my protection is gonna kick in. I'm only spending three dollars and ten cents and it's gonna give me sixteen dollars and ninety cents of protection, which is my max gain on the put spread, which is enough for me to sort of say, Okay, I can get long Nvidia again down below two seventy five. So this is a protective put spread I'm looking to put on and I think I can continue to hold Nvidia here, but also, you know, watch out for that
2: turn coming up. Mike, what do you think? You know, uh, I think
5: NVIDIA is clearly the leader in their space. Uh, you know, I mean, anybody who is a consumer of PCs probably cares a lot about the kinds of uh, graphics processors that they have in it. I certainly do. Uh, the machines that I have over to my right uh, both have NVIDIA GPUs in them, and that's great. And I think it's going to grow. They definitely have uh, a tailwind. But the problem we have is that this thing is trading way over 20 times sales. Um, they really need to grow into their value, I think, at this point. And so it's really tough to chase it. Now, I can understand that oftentimes you know, we are inclined to basically buy a company and, and know that they're going to grow into it. but. At over $700 billion market cap, this, this one definitely feels like it's, it's a bit stretched here. So I definitely would encourage those who are in it, and I can understand why you don't want to sell your winners like this. Mm-hmm. That's not a good trading practice generally, would want to hedge it.
2: Um, you actually said that NVIDIA is so good, it's bad. Right. So
3: and we, we talked about that, meaning, again, it, not to keep relying on one word, but sequencing is very important. Just think about any endeavor, too much in the gym, too much in the library, your eyes get tired, too much in the gym, you have a heart attack. You have to have pauses and rests in any endeavor. And NVIDIA has come a long way without one.
2: All right. Um, Mike, you actually have the second part of our Paris trade with a play on Meta.
5: Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting here, because if you actually take a look at the two charts together, Meta and NVIDIA, what you're going to see is just remarkable outperformance relative to the market over the course of the last six to eight months or so, but a very different situation in terms of valuation. First of all, in their most recent earnings, we did get a revenue beat. We got an ad impressions beat. They are focusing on free cash flow. I think those things are all positives. Uh, this thing is not trading at a premium to the market. So all of these would uh, essentially encourage somebody who's been long to potentially, I think, stay long. Uh, on the flip side, you know, we do have, on the Reality Lab side, continue continuous losses there, even though they do seem to be managing that with headcount cuts and so on. And they do continue to face some headwinds on the growth side. And so that w- might be a reason why you don't see a whole lot more in it. Uh, you know, I think one way you, you could play this on the long side, essentially, is also to use a debit spread. I was actually looking at using a call spread here. This is the same kind of dynamic that's setting up both in the market generally that we see in a lot of these stocks. Options premiums are not really elevated, and so we could look out to June. I was looking at the 245-265 call spread. Uh, this thing was actually, uh, you know, at or even slightly in the money. This is uh, this was a way to basically you know, take a long play, even though this thing has had quite a run here. Uh, or you could also use this as a stock substitute. If you were lucky enough to own this before we saw this 100-plus percent rally, uh, you could look to lighten up your equity position and use this as a substitute so you still have some upside participation.
2: Carter, how does the chart look? So we've returned to the scene
3: of the crime. It was the February report. It traded $50 billion in value, uh, met a meta collapse. And it was the beginning of that long slide. And we're just back to that level. Um, I think ultimately we will recoup the losses associated with that initial plunge. And so uh, small longs here, I like it.
2: All right. Coming up, a bonus energy trade as Nat gas continues its climb, far outstripping the usual benchmark crude. More options action in two. Welcome back to Options Action. Nat gas rising above the rest of the energy space, up nearly 17 percent over the past month as West Texas crude and Brent both struggle. So, Carter, what did the charts say?
3: Well, talk about, I mean, sort of they, there is an expression, of course, it's called the widowmaker. This is dangerous stuff, especially if you're using leverage in the futures. But um, well, you, you get these violent countertrend rallies. Let's look at a few charts. The first is the, the, the front month. Right. And you can see here this is the second 35 percent rally. Uh, in just a matter of six months. But if you look at the continuous contract, uh, which uh, deals with the uh, ongoing roll, you'll see it in the next chart, it has the elements of a, of a bottom, a rounding bottom. It's not an officially a bearish to bullish reversal, but uh, it looks to be um, something that's worth playing. So UNG, of course, is the ETF, and you'll see that here on the screen. It's um, it's a, it's a something to speculate on the long side.
2: Mm. Brian, your take?
4: Yeah, it does really look like there's a squeeze or some sort going on in the UNG space. And to the upside, to Carter's point, I think there's some more room to go. Do I want to just get long? And at Carter's point, you've got to be careful. We're we're a CTA and using futures, obviously, if you're using leverage, which UNG is tracking can be kind of dangerous especially if those guys decide to get out of the trade so you got to be careful that's why I think you know if we had a trade here where we're using some options to play UNG to me that makes more sense I might use you know some uh, a long sort of debit spread of some sort or whatnot to play to the upside.
2: Mike you got a bonus trade for us lay it out.
5: Yeah, UNG, I think if you're playing for this bounce, I mean, I know we're at the upper end of the five year range in terms of storage, but we just bounced off of that five year low as well. I was looking out to uh, July, the seven nine call spread that's in the money by about 46 cents as of today's close. You could buy that for about 70 cents. That's a way to basically minimize your risk and have some participation to the upside if you think this could continue.
2: All right. um, We have got an American Airlines reaction statement to the DOJ ruling on the Northeast Airline Alliance. Phil LeBose got that, Phil.
5: Melissa, this echoes what we heard from JetBlue about a
3: half hour ago. American Airlines out with the statement, and we're not going to read all of it, but basically they say that they believe this decision is wrong and they are considering their next steps. They say there is no evidence that the Northeast Alliance harmed the consumer. In fact, they believe it added had many benefits to the consumer. Nonetheless, the DOJ-1 sets up the question, what's next? Both American and JetBlue say they're looking at their options. Melissa, I would not be surprised if we see an appeal of this decision by both. airlines.
2: All right. Phil, thanks. Phil LeBeau. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take some tweets. Our first fan asks thoughts on the 20-year Treasury bond ETF. Should I buy long calls? Brian, what do you say?
4: No, I I would stay away from that. Actually, I'm staying with two to three year duration bonds that I'm buying and I want to keep it there. I'm not playing the long end of the curve and long calls would do that. So I would stay
2: away from that. All right. Our next tweet asks, is there a rule of thumb for selling covered calls against equities you own long term? Mike, what do you say?
5: I've got two thumbs. So the first is avoid (laughs) catalysts such as earnings. And the other is choose strikes where you're comfortable selling the underlying stock. So relatively short dated, avoid earnings at a level you'd be comfortable selling the underlying.
2: Yeah. Brian, you have thoughts on this, too?
4: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's exactly right. You pick a level that you want to get out. You sell the call there. Uh, But we're in an environment where options are very cheap right now. So I'm looking to buy options rather than sell
2: right now. All right. Our next fan asks, what are your thoughts on PayPal? Sold almost 18%. Is it a good buy to go long or short-term bounce, Carter? I don't like it at all. Oh, you guys are so <laughs> to the point tonight. No, I don't like it at all.
3: No, it just dropped in gap. It's down 80%. Looks like it's getting worse. It's just not participating. Not good. Is it a short? I'd be short. You'd be short.
2: Okay. Time for the final. I I love it when you guys are just direct and you're giving your viewers just pointed advice. It's all good. Um, Final call time. Carter Worth, what do you say?
3: Consumer. Generally speaking, you want to be underweight, stay away.
2: Brian Stetland.
5: Protect against the NVIDIA earnings next week by buying a put spread. Michael Seiko. Yeah, you know, we have cheap options premiums right now. So if you want to press longs and meta, buy call spreads. And if you want to lean on the short side, buy put spreads.
2: All right. That does it for us here on Options Action for this Friday. We will see you back here next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Meantime, do not go anywhere because Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. Have a great weekend.
5: Options
1: Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies.
2: All opinions expressed by the Options Action participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company, or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Options Action participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries form its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Options Action Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash options action disclaimer.
0: How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.